Hello and welcome back to the fourth episode of the Paired Weapons Podcast. Can't believe it's uh, episode four already. Four is a good number for me. It's the average number of points I take out of most games. Um, that's <laughs> not a good day. So I haven't introduced you yet quite. <laughs> anyway, I'm broadcasting live overlooking the foothills of the UK's longest mountain chain. And I can see storm cl- uh, clouds gathering on- ominously. And riding in on those storm clouds, it's, uh, it's my old mate and co-host Kev. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm very good, thank you. I'm just, uh, uh, I see some storm clouds, but mostly it's congregations of scallies in Burnage. Uh, oh no, really? Well, actually, I'm actually lying about storm clouds, to be honest, because um, they've they've gone away. But they were here earlier. Yeah, we did have some rain. They were, yeah, it was, and it looked all very ominous. And I thought, oh, that's good. So I wrote it down because. I like that sort of imagery. As my English teacher used to say, imagery, boys, imagery. Um, oh, yeah, where, where is she now, Mrs. Southgate? Anyway, there you go. So what have you been up to, mate? You still saving the world from, uh, from the coronavirus? Yeah, I've been working a lot mostly this week. I've not got much hobby done. No. I've managed to salvage my battle shrine thing that I was building. Excellent. Uh, and I'm pretty I'm, happy I'm, with it now. I'm relieved about that. I saw the pictures. I think they look fantastic. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm trying to up my green stuff in game because I find green stuff is so hard to do. Yeah. When yeah. you see the products that some people produce just with green stuff, it's like, how the, how the fuck do they do that? It's amazing. Well, I, yeah, because you've like you've been um, uh, doing all the individual scales as well, haven't you? On trying to, yeah, they're really yeah. shonky, but Ooh, the right, painting really. will hold a mul- hide a multitude of sins. Well, well, it's funny you should talk about painting during this episode today. <laughs> Um, because it's the storm clouds aren't haven't just uh, only blown in my mate Kev, uh, but we are proud to announce that those stormy clouds have also blown in our second guest to the podcast. He's the master of shenanigans. Some know him as the Enchanter. He's the king of the movement phase. It's Scotland's very own blitzing linebacker. It's Tim Botneck. How are you, Tim? What's going on, buddy? I'm good, thanks, guys. I'm enjoying myself. It's a weekend. I love a weekend. Fantastic. Well, welcome to the that. podcast. It's um, it's good to have you on board, uh, and such a such a uh, a high profile guest as well. Honestly, Kev, I, I I think we're in all, we're in auspicious company again. We, we've got to stop getting these good people on, Matt. They're making us look bad. I know. We need to get some we need to get some chumps in, don't we? Let's get yeah. Tony on. Let's get. To... <laughs> no, I'd like to your point intros, out, guys. I didn't say that. <laughs> I've never had such a long intro. Like that's incredible. <laughs> no, that's good. Well, are you okay with the blitzing linebacker? Because I know you're a big NFL fan. I didn't know if I want to put you on the defense or the offense, so I went with the the linebacker thing. It's. Uh, yeah, I mean, is that okay? You okay with that? It, within reason. I wasn't aggressive enough to play linebacker when I played. I was a wide out, so it was all about star points and fame running quick away from people i was never aggressive enough to kill anyone as linebacker but i'll take it fancy more of a was it jerry rice who was the the great wide receiver was that the the san francisco I mean, 49 i can't remember going yeah. going back a long time now. as much as yeah. i don't want to compare myself to someone like that like maybe when he's asleep or compare myself to <laughs> yeah so how's lockdown been treating you then tim um to be honest i don't mind it uh, I have a lot of working from home with the role that I'm in. I have long days where I don't leave my laptop, but then when I leave my laptop, I don't have my commute to and from the office. So yeah, I don't feel basically. bad having long days. Mm, yeah. So I, I really don't mind. Like I'm happy being at home with my hobby, with my movies, you know, yeah. nice and comfortable. So 
Not seen any good films recently? Seen anything that you want to recommend to our listener? I know he's always looking for stuff. <laughs> I, th- I thought I was that listener, so it's somebody else's <laughs> turn today. Yeah, yeah somebody else. Must be uh, re- yeah, recommendations, perhaps not. Like I've just been cramming through lots and lots and lots of movies back to back. I think I managed, uh, with a, a hobby tray in front of me, I managed 24 movies over the Easter weekend. Wow. When I finished work to when I went back to work on the Tuesday. So I've just been cramming through sets and series and everything I can get my hands on. Well, I'm uh, I'm I'm sh- I'm going to shamelessly just hijack this as well and tell everyone that I've been watching Kurosawa films for the last week. Just watched Rashomon uh, yesterday, which uh, if you haven't seen, you got to see that. Highbrow, uh, Matt. I like it. I know. Yeah, I know. Highbrow. Well, you know, nothing but the finest. I've yeah, only seen Seven Samurai of his, actually. <laughs> Seven Samurai is also very good. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only one of his I've actually seen. So. Really? Yeah. yeah. I thought uh, well. Yep, there's, uh, there's, there's, there, it's, it's a great genre, I have to say, you know, samurai, cowboy. You, can, you know what, having seen all of those things, you can see where the influence for things like Star Wars is getting their stuff from. When you talk about cowboys and samurai, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, but there you go. So, um, are you a, are you, have you been partaking of UB then, Tim? Are you a UB? I haven't been. However, after the last Scotland call where it turns out I'm the, the last man of the smoke signal technology. I've ordered a laptop, which has arrived, and I'm, I'm, I'm plugging it in, and you know, I've deep fried it, and I don't know what else you've got to do to get it to turn on. But once I've worked that out, we'll have a go <laughs> yeah. at some UB. Awesome. Awesome. Well, there's someone else we can lose to on UB then, Kev. <laughs> uh, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, so who's had any games recently? Now, like, when was we recorded, what, about four or five days ago? And I've had my daughters here since then, so I've been flat out. So don't look to me. Um, but have you had any games, Kev? Um, uh, the only game I've, I've played, Andy Catlow, oh, yeah. in the week mm-hmm. with my MSU Beasts. Um, it went okay, but I tried to fight him, and he had two blocks of executioners, sorry, dread uh-huh. judges, um, and it didn't go very well. I managed to smash one off, but by the time I got into the second one, I couldn't do it, because they just hit him before me, so yeah. I'm just taking my toys off. In, so in MSU, that's a bit of a deviation from your usual style, which we established last week was essentially running at people shouting. Yeah, so, and now I have uh, lots of units that run at them shouting, <laughs> but they're not quite as big. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was because uh, 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 did you have the four threes of mine sorts of great weapons against Andy Catlow? I didn't have great weapons. I had paired weapons. I ran them uh, wide, uh, and that was a mistake because yeah. I couldn't get them all into the uh, you know the frontage, and they could yeah. get all their hits back on me, which is why I thought maybe I try a conga great weapon thing. Uh, okay, and that uh, that was that was roundly criticised last night on our. Our, our, our chat line wasn't it it was so, everyone uh poo poo the uh con yeah, great I, I thought they were harsh there but um but you you made some changes to that list and then you played steve dawning today did you play steve and, dawning uh, how'd you go uh, there mate managed to scrape a small win it was very bloody there was not much left on the table by the end um it was breakthrough and the diagonal uh managed to score the objective because my two wild horn units just came onto his back line and hung out there so broken it's just so handy isn't it and you yeah. sit there you're like you, you boys take it easy now your job's done <laughs> <laughs> that's all you, you've uh, got you, to do you had a big block of minos yeah and they uh they turned up did they uh yeah i managed to chaff myself against them for the first two turns and then when they managed to get into the fight they just tore the world apart 
yeah. t- taking off two units of feral orcs and a unit of iron orcs. I had no minos left at the end, but I had my characters left who yeah, carried but, the whole that, team. By that stage, there's just dead orcs everywhere, isn't it? And yeah, yep. sort of, yeah, 800 point units just done for <laughs> better part of 1500 points. Yeah, Tim, you're, uh, you're obviously an experienced, well, more than experienced beast herd player. Any thoughts on minosaurs? I don't play them. Uh, yeah, like hell. I've not seen you use them, but is that for a particular reason? Because they do appear to be the uh, the BH filth. I mean, they're, they're, they've always kind of been there, thereabouts, because they're the big power unit that pushes forward and runs people over. It's never been part of my play style to have that unit. I've used the characters a fair amount. Um, I'm a big fan of the Chieftain uh, character selection. Obviously, I've also run the Mino Lord because... You have to try doing that once upon a time. But uh, he wasn't as mobile as I needed him to be. Like, wasn't the reliable getting to where he has to go to be yeah. worth his points. But yeah. as far as the Mino units, I've always preferred either taking monsters or more units or a mix of both. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. Now, I remember um, uh, last year when I was coaching Scotland, I sent out a questionnaire and um, you, you, you replied um, to it, uh, highlighting your skills of the movement phase. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. We were... And we were talking last week about playing styles. Um, would you describe your play style as highly mobile and lateral movement being a, a critical element? Yeah, I mean, list, listening to the episode you guys had with Craig, um, again, I, I I believe one of my biggest skill sets is in is in moving around the board and create creating opportunities mm. for all the turns of the game. You know, even if that that thing that you're hoping goes your way doesn't, you just stay in the game. And you create yourself opportunities, be that a terror test, be that a, a rear charge or a flank charge. You just you've got to be in and got to be involved. So movement is, is a big thing. The more shenanigans of movement you can throw at the table, the better for me. Even if that means I'm playing MSU Chaff, which is just, you know, his 30 units. Try and get through any of it. Um, yeah. You've just got to do something. And yeah, that, that would be my game style is I want to be all over the board. I want to have units everywhere. They don't have to be that good, but mm. if they're everywhere, you create your opponent lots to think about. And as soon as they make a mistake, you capitalise. So you sort of highly mobile, death by a thousand cuts sort of thing. If um, if 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 it was, if, if you were giving advice to a, a beginning player who wanted to emulate that style, not um, me. <laughs> 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 uh, what what advice would you give them uh, as to sort of units to take or, or or armies to select? I mean, would is beasts a good option for someone who wants to to dance around and um, Be- uh, beasts is a fan fantastic option for someone who wants to be mobile and dance around um i know that people got annoyed in previous iterations of like the skink clouds and stuff like that but you can do it with i'm gonna say almost all armies there are some where you have you know asterisk restrictions like undead who have marching clauses or things like that but they have other ways of abusing movement with lots of flyers or ethereal um what I would say is for anyone who's trying out that style to have a couple of games, your first two or three, you're not going to be very good with it. It's going to it's going to hurt. And then after a while, you're going to learn. But once you've got your head around it, it will make every game you play better. And the way to do it is to take away your primary fighting brick. So in the case of, you know, I wet myself a little bit there. <laughs> no death star, really. Wow. Yeah, but literally, like, take, take yeah. your, your best combat unit take it away, dissolve its points into other smaller pieces, play four or five games. You've now got to work three times as hard to outmaneuver and outposition somebody 
to get combination charges to do the destroying for you. Or that's very much what I was trying to do with the list I wanted to use was no big blocks. It's all just running about doing its stuff. But uh, maybe, I don't know, to take that to a tournament, my first, you know, especially as I'm new to B says, to take that to the tournament would have been a disaster and I would just get absolutely trounced, especially yeah, a team tournament. A, you want a good five games at like club games or th- like play the game, then theorise it play a game, talk about it afterwards, like what would you do differently if we reset, et cetera, et cetera. And after a while of doing that, you've got an, an, an ability, but you, your whole list needs to be catered for it. Like you need to have things in there that give you potential blowout, like, you know, as many cheap terror causes as you can, because terror is a massive thing. I know that discipline's high on everyone's list and most armies now are running 10 with a reroll or nine with a reroll at the least. But if you make them take enough tests, eventually something fails. And if you happen to get it on the big brick, you know, yeah. although it feels horrible for your opponent, you, you can't help but think, yeah, I got one. Yeah. What about um, yeah. character yeah. investment? Is it better to go cheap on your characters if you do an MSU? Or would you you think it's good to have you know a nice hard character who can put some damage out? This is where it kind of differs. So like, for example, between myself and Craig, like even on the Beast Herds, he, I think, took far more in the way of like good combat characters or average combat characters with his Centaur heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would tend to stick away. I mean, my playstyle, I tend to stick away from a big fighty combat guy because he needs to be stuck into a fight. And I don't know when I want to be stuck in. I don't particularly want to be bogged down. So I would tend not to take anybody designed for combat only. And I never buy anybody a ward safe because I don't want them fighting. You know, if they're in any danger of having a fight, I tend to run my characters away or run them out as chaff or dart between the lines. It, you know, why, why spend points on a ward save for a model that if it's ever in combat, I failed. So I can save myself the ward save and buy the extra chaff to, uh, to age save, buy the extra chaff to stop them having to do any fighting. Yeah. Um, but that's how I play. That's my style. That's what I do. It doesn't necessarily work for everybody. It doesn't necessarily work for me. But uh that's how I do. I, I think that's um, that's. Uh, I, I do think the MSU and, and highly mobile uh, style of play is is an elegant and high demand uh, style of play. Um, but equally, I think that, that giving it giving it a go, I think, would make you a better player, uh, even if it isn't necessarily something you're particularly successful with. Uh, I think you know trying different styles is is yeah. something that that will improve your your playing style. Um, I, I certainly notice, you know, that, that, that having played loads of gun lines uh, myself, that I'm now no longer scared of playing against gun lines because I know their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, having, you know, if, you, if you've never actually played a gun line, then obviously, you know, you think that they, they perhaps can overperform. So perhaps if you're an aspiring player, that's something that you might want to, to take on board. Indeed. Mm, yeah. Well, um, we are going to move on because we've got a very exciting announcement for you. Um, we've been thinking and talking uh, uh, offline and in, in over the various events and weeks that preceded our podcasts about the, um, the quality of painting out there in the ninth age. And whilst we think it's good, we think that there's a little bit of uh, room for improvement. Uh, and so Tim's approached us with what we think is a really fantastic idea. And we're very happy to be promoting this. Uh, and to giving it some airtime, and we're going to be uh, coming back to this on the podcast uh, in future uh, in future episodes. Um, but with no further ado, um, I'd like to hand over to Tim, who's going to explain 
what his little brainchild is all about and how it's going to work. So over to you, buddy. Cool. Thank you very much, guys. Um, so we're, we're all, I say we all, many of us have been in the hobby for a long time with piles and little projects and offshoots from our, our primary army that we play that we never really get round to. Um, so one of the things I wanted to do with what I'm going to introduce in a second is fix that kind of to-do pile or the small project that never really got off the ground and give people an opportunity to kind of help fix it, um, but as a collective entity. So what we've come to is presenting something called a tale of slow painters. So there are many guys on the scene who are fantastic painters and do commission work and there's there's a variety of different painting approaches and standards and styles. And what we were looking to do is to have a, a, a tale of gamers type event, but focused on painting. And we've kind of pulled together a small, small core of, of seven guys signed up kind of officially to, to our little WhatsApp group on what we're trying to produce here. But we're going to open it up to the whole uh, hobby, the whole whole community scene, um, just for anybody who wants to be be part. So the, the tale of slow painters mechanics and what's involved, we're looking to produce uh, a 2000 point small force or small army um, from one of those side projects. Now that could either be an expansion of an existing army, just painting another 2000 points worth. It could be the beginning of a new project or army for a player. Or it could just be something that they oh they've always wanted to do this but they're not painting a thousand zombies and skeletons so doing it on the small scale you can kind of uh you know get get in get into it and get into doing something new or something different and the core group that we've got are either reputable painters or guys who have produced great looking armies already that they we want to try and challenge ourselves and do something a little bit different maybe try something we've not done or try a style or a color approach we've not done before and just stretch ourselves a little bit, but on a smaller scale, because there's nothing as daunting as trying to work out how you can do four or five thousand points to the highest quality that you can as quickly as you can. Um, yeah, that's very daunting, yeah. isn't it, to start with? But, uh, yeah, we know yeah. all about that. Yeah, uh, yeah and I, I must say, you've got some uh, you've got some top quality painters together uh, for your uh, your tale of uh, slow painters, there, mate. Do you want to run us through the team? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, can, we can run around the table. So, I mean, if you guys want to begin, because uh, I've managed to hoodwink both of you into uh, playing along. Um, so both yourself, Matt and, and Kev, um, I'm obviously going to be, be taking part and, and trying to drag myself through another high quality project rather than my fast speed armies. Um, we also have uh, David Box, who's kind of new to the ninth age scene within reason. Um, but I, I've played with him. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> Just know what he'll be to he'll be your listener for this show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, he he's painted stuff with me back going back probably fourth ed. I think we both started pl- or started playing together back at fourth ed. Um, but he's a very slow painter, so I wanted to do something that would drag him through a tale of gamers, but at a speed where he can produce his quality and not rush anything. Yeah. Um, and then we also have from various local scenes in and around the, the Midlands of the UK, we have, uh, and I don't have all the surnames at the minute, but we have Chris, Scott and Luke. Yep, Luke. Yeah, Luke and, uh, and, and Chris are from up our way. They're uh, Northwest Gamers. Um, they've been uh, they've been playing sort of tabletop stuff for quite a while, but um, they're the relatively newer end of, uh, of Ninth Age. Um, they're, they're part of a little 
gaming group that, that, that Kev and I um, play in and um, two really good lads and uh, quality of their paintings excellent as well so they're, they're good additions to the team as well yeah and I, I think we, we were talking before the, the the recording tonight guys the the number of years between that group of seven is quite daunting <laughs> when you <add> it all <laughs> up. not that yeah. much older than our painting age but yeah um, Matt did you want to give the number on on yeah how we worked out that it, it, that between us we've been painting for 149 years no, which, 79 um, was it? Oh, 179 years. And I worked out that was 1840. If you lined us up uh, one end to, to, to end, so to speak, we'd have started painting in 1841, which I then Googled because I was bored. Um, and that was the year of the Amistad legal case in the United States. So that goes back quite a way. <laughs> so that's where we started. But you'd have thought by now we'd have mastered highlighting, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd have more than three armies done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, the last member of the, the team is is Scott from the Milton Keynes setup, Nemeroth on the uh, forum. And uh, I, I have actually been at a tournament with him. It was uh, a good drop was in the tournament that I won at Christmas with uh, <laughs> with the with uh, with Tom Parker and the uh, from PTG. Did you win um, it with Tom with it? Well, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> well, Tom, Tom won game one for him. Right? <laughs> oh, that's also that's a scurrilous lie as well. I was uh, all right, fair enough. Tom basically won it, but I was there, and um, uh, and, and Scott was at that tournament. Now, if you haven't seen of Nemros painting, um, do yourself a favour and go and look it up because um, his his painting is is really fantastic as well. So, I think we've got a, a really good group of uh, group of painters in there, um, and. None of us are fast painters, I wouldn't say. Well, none of us produce our best work when we're painting yeah. quickly, certainly. Um, but um, we're going to sort of spread it out over a period of time, aren't we, Tim? We are. So the plan is, I think, over five periods to, to kind of cover off our 2,000-point force and a free upgrade-as-you-wish giant. Things how the night page their recent everybody gets a giant pack. I was like, well, it seems pretty topical. Everyone gets a giant. So um period one for the first two months so we're going to kick this project off on may 1st uh so for all of may and june we're looking to produce uh, 400 points of painted ninth age um and it's just models with their equipment and their command so like magic banners and wizard levels and stuff isn't going to count so if a unit has got halberds it's their unit cost plus their weapon upgrade and if you paint command you can add the points for the command um and then we'll do phase two, which is the next two months. So that's what July, August. Again, another 400 points. Come September, October, we'll up it to 500 because the bad weather starts to come in. So we're going to spend more time indoors. November, December, again, another 500. There's nothing else to do in the winter except stay in and paint. Leaving us in January, February next year with 200 points left and our giant to complete a 2000 point out of the box ninth age army with giant and then people can customize ready with magic items and bits and pieces as they wish then and hopefully this will tie in with maybe an event we could run in march 2021 just on the smaller scale either 2000 point doubles or or something along those lines so for anyone at home wanting to kind of play along with the the tale of slow painting we will be all over the Ninth Age Forum. There'll be a thread up before the end of the month um, just showcasing the seven guys we've got in our, in our core. 
um, and talk, us guys talking about our ideas and what new things we're going to try out and and kind of pushing each other to do more and more ridiculous things with getting lights and styles and uh, you know do something with this paint color whatever it is we're going to be getting up to. And mist then, makers. That's what I've got. I got a mist. I'm going to get a mist maker in there definitely. Right, so ice machine, fog <laughs> creation in there definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so we're going to be all over the forum. Uh, there'll be a little bit of social media coverage from, from each of us kind of covering our own. Um, if we can find someone who can Twitter eyes fairly cleverly, we'll get something put together to put on social media with that as well. But to begin with, it's uh, we've got the seven core guys there. We've all picked out a, a new project to work on, which I'll run through in a minute. And then uh, it'll be open on the forum for everybody else to kind of tag along if they wish and share the content and show us what they're working on at, at the same kind of pace. So it's designed for us to do our, our best work rather than, uh, you know, speed rushing armies, which is something I've had a tendency to do in the past just to get things on the table because yeah. no one likes playing with unpainted figures. Um, but then, as I say, with the quality we've got in that group, when we all paint slowly and properly, those armies do look nice i'm not going to say that we're the best painters out there or anything but you know each of us is capable of producing some fairly nice quality stuff for the tabletop well i mean you've certainly got uh you've got some uh, we've got a number of, of of decent painters in there i mean kev uh and yourself and, and myself and and scott have certainly won uh, a number of best painted over the years i mean you won best painted at the masters last year didn't you didn't you Tim? um i defended it at the masters this year uh, and the last two yeah. Thankfully, all the painters can't play games, and the ones yeah. who were there were playing test armies. So yeah. I've got to do something for next January, and I've got to somehow qualify. So we'll see. Oh well, yeah, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be easy for a man of your caliber. But uh, when was the last time you won a best painted, Kev? What was your What's your your best painted uh, uh, achievements recently? Um, did I win the Scottish Championship? No, I didn't win. Yeah. Uh, oh, you, got you, came sec- you, you came second at the European singles, didn't you? I did. Mm-hmm. I won at the uh, Siege of Scrivlin three. Uh, yeah, yeah. Best yeah. painted there. But yes, I've won many a best yeah. painted trophy over the years. Mm. The best one I've ever won was a big sword. So, you know. Oh, which was need... that one? This was a eighth edition one. Uh, uh, yeah. Sky Giants one. But still, it's a cool sword. It's a big sword. Yeah, so, that is quite know. cool. Yeah. Get me to up their trophies. Get me some yeah. swords. No. Yeah, that's cool. yeah. No, my, uh, my, 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 my sort of zenith of painting was uh, Tech 2018. Yeah. Uh, the English Championships. Was it 2018 or 19? I can't remember. Um, but no, that was that was um, yeah, that was that was with the Orcs and Goblins. Um, yeah, that was a good time. So yeah, we got some great painters. Um, and anybody can join in. That's correct, isn't it, Tim? I, I know you covered it. Just to just to highlight that again, anybody can uh, get involved on this. Indeed. Um, so we'll put it all over the forum. We're hoping to get as many people sign up and either add to existing collections or, or like we're doing, try something new, try something different. Um, it's designed as a tale of slow painting, two month, 400 points. It should be fairly doable. Um, you know, it, it's not uh, a usual gamer commitment of every month. You've got to do X, Y or Z. So, you know, a little bit more time. We'll see how people get on. So the focus of this very much is is quality and innovation, isn't it? As opposed to just churning out tabletop standard stuff. Yeah, okay. that's the idea anyway. Yeah. I've for never a, been able to churn week. it out. I've never done like, you know, yeah. an army in a week. Like you've done that, Tim, haven't you? I did. I did that for Art of War this year. Um, yeah. I had a delivery on a Friday night or on a Friday at work, took it home on the Saturday, 
built and painted uh, a full four and a half thousand point army ready for the following Friday traveling down to Bristol. Um, I will not be doing that again. <laughs> it's I, I, astounding though. I could never do yeah, that. I, 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 that's outrageous. Yeah, it's amazing. That is really cool. And it looked fantastic as well, by the yeah. way. You never know. Oh, I, yeah. I think that was the gloss taking over. But one, once I matte varnish it back down, it'll, it'll look all right. It, it wasn't how I dreamt it up. I dreamt it up in just shades of grey. But, uh, you know, no one would have been able to see it. It would just look like a black and white army. So I, I waxed some paint in it just to get the colours on. But uh, it, it wasn't the worst thing at the, the event by a mile. So I was happy enough. But, yeah, I won't be doing a, an army in a week again. Yeah. And I guess that before you sort of take us through what everyone's going to do, you know, there is a bit of a subtext to this, isn't there? I mean, you know, all three of us are good painters and it's probably just worth us just discussing what, what you think the quality of the painting scene is like now in ninth. Um, probably worth n- noting just before we start that that now that we've gone gold and everything's settled down and that the rules aren't changing and that most of the books are steady and there's this steady updating to, of the books, um, but essentially we're now we're now firm, aren't we, with with the with the setup? So that there's really no excuse, which there there was a couple of years ago for saying you know well I don't really want to do an army because they're going to change the rules. So um, what what do you think the painting standards like out there at the moment? I think there's a mix. There are the likes of ourselves and and guys in similar positions who have been painting more than half of their age, if not greater uh, ratio, where people are capable of churning out some quality stuff. I'd say, you know, you look at every event, you can feel maybe a top 10 out of even a 40 man event going in for the painting nominations. Yeah. Um, However, at the same event, you could see three or four that are kind of, I've got armies, you know, I've glued models to a base. I did throw sand at it here, you know, I'm here. Um, And you don't want to discourage anybody from coming to a tournament, but the painting standards aren't, I'm not going to say that they're the highest and they're not all that well enforced. I know that some events, uh, particularly the Scottish ones now, are starting to turn the corner on that and really churn up penalty points to kind of push people down that look you've been you know we've had these models for a while let's keep going what would be great is i think for the scene to have more like local one day or offshoot events where there's an unpainted restriction so people who are working on a project can come along and play yeah and because of that there's a a reason why this is a two thousand point force not a four and a half thousand point army by the time someone like if someone signs up to work on this with us, they're halfway through their, their their big army anyway. And it's kind of in a very slow and manageable time frame. Now, whilst I don't imagine someone's going to do 10 months to paint this for a new project and then do another 10 months to paint the other half and go to an event, people want to play games. There are borrowing things. There are, there are things that we can do to improve the quality at events. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say it's a bad quality. I wouldn't say it's any better or worse than eighth depending on the event you go to like back in back in your day 10 years ago let's say you know there was a a big group of of amazing painters at some events and if somebody saw an unpainted model it was dead you know the yeah. referee pick it up and remove it and that encouraged people like me to stay up all night all I remember growing up as a kid is every event I went to the Friday night was either traveling there to get early get in the hotel get out the paint tray or it was paint at home all day Friday, or people in the back of my car painting and dry brushing. <laughs> yeah. We had standards to meet. You know, that's yeah. how I remember events. Yeah. And 
yeah, I just like to see that. You know, someone walks in off the street. What's all this hobby about? They walk around 20 tables and see 40 armies that are all painted. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what we should be doing to, to sell the game. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think, Kev? Um, absolutely. <laughs> I just think that the standard always could be better, always. And I think it's a slight on the hob on the ninth page when it's you know when we're fielding terrible looking armies that aren't fully finished um but also find that i need that kick up the ass of a tournament deadline to get stuff painted if i don't have that or if i don't have any sort of deadline i'll just dither and i won't actually get anything done yeah, yeah. i don't think i'm alone on that i think a lot of people work better to a deadline so so I think well, this is quite I, good. I find it critical. I mean, I, I I need to be driven. I'm I'm a sheep. I have to be driven. I can't I, I can't be led. And that's <laughs> why it's hard more. to start a new army as well, because you're like, yeah. well, I'm never going to be able to pay that much by then, yeah. so I'm just not going to bother. I'll take this yeah. instead. Submit your been... army list to the event. You've got two weeks between submitting your army list and getting there to paint all that stuff that you said. Yeah, yeah I could get thirty <laughs> cav done. I'll submit this cav army. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, then it's sprayed. Um, here's an interesting idea. Uh, in conversation with uh, Hammer Time uh, Henry the other day, we came across in Denmark they have essentially a similar a similar issue. But what they've done there to try to uh, allow new players in but not to provide them with the barriers of the, that sometimes can be painting is that you, they, they have a beginner category. So essentially you can register yourself as being a beginner and you're given a year's grace where you can put pretty much anything on the table and it's okay. But after that, um, essentially don't turn up with anything that's rubbish because it will be taken off. Uh, and they, they appear to be quite, quite, quite tight on that. Is that, is that something you welcome or is that something that you would abhor? I think that's a great idea. Mm. I, I could see it i could see it having some use i'd prefer it if everything was painted because that just gives some people a year but if they're mm-hmm. new to the hobby or something then you don't want to discourage them from events and everything yeah you know, the scene is amazing I'd, I'd hate to think someone would miss out of the social that you get from this simply because you know their last unit hasn't been finished painted yet so i think within reason you, you know that'd be an amazing system to have um yeah. you know you can't force somebody to do something they don't want to do most of the guys prefer gaming side to the painting side so what i do in that case is you know maybe advertise one or two of the commission guys to maybe help in that regard but again you can't force people and and no. that denmark scheme seems like a good way of trying to crack that problem it's a, it's a it's a tricky one though isn't it because at the same time as we don't want to put people off we do want to 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 have a a standard of painting that that is acceptable and um yeah yeah I, I i can see that there's issues and to be fair i've got to be honest you know the empire list that i'm running at the moment my empire guys um they're not the best painted uh army i've I, well i mean i painted them back in the 1980s so of course they're not going to be but it's um, <laughs> <laughs> but the um uh we, we do need a bit of motivation i think to get some people going a little bit more than than, than where we are at the moment but um, we, but we, we don't just don't have the numbers well. to turn people away you know yeah. if uh, it's not up to standard yeah if i mean i like i liken our scene to to like golf for example every year you have a couple of majors now i would see those as being the championships english scottish welsh irish for those events and for the masters, I'd expect stricter rules where yeah. rules enforcement yeah. was. If it's not painted, it's dead. We're removing it because they're your 
they're your show off major events that's what the big social media coverage is i mean i'd add etc to this of course yeah. you know as, as the world champs this is pinnacle mm. your little local one day is some of the two days things like that it's it's up to what people want to do but i would say anything with the term championship in it needs to be you know of a certain quality you don't just rock up at a, at a u.s major if you're a golfer you have to qualify and that yeah. means you have to tick all of their boxes, do all the things you're supposed to do before you're allowed that event. And again, no one's going to want to turn anybody away or limit restriction on numbers. But it'd be great if the big events up to the cut and then it kind of every all the smaller events can be like open ended. And I, I, sorry, it sounds terrible. Smaller events and majors. No, and minors, no, but, but, no, we understand what you're saying. And, and, it's yeah. a, and it's a fact of life. It's just human nature that, that, you know, unless you obligate people to do something and there is a penalty for not doing it, some people will not do it. Yeah. Um, and, and that that can whilst we don't want to dissuade any any newcomers, we also frankly want to persuade some of our regular players to to put a bit more in i guess it's, it's, where it's, coming it's from. the media side as well like yeah i mean you, you take so so kev i think you, you said you come second at the esc painting last year um yeah. earlier no last year last you know, in april last year at the, the esc singles painting how much coverage at the event did you have <laughs> for your models going out and about being shown off as look at the quality compared to two or three years ago where we got the tuna can chariot at the etc yeah where people yeah. just lost their shit it was everywhere mm. that got so much attention almost no attention given to the high quality stuff i just want to see those problems kind of flipped and it's like look how awesome rank and flank looks you know and and can look on a battlefield that's what we should be pushing because that's what's going to encourage the guys who left the hobby to come back and yeah. that's what's going to encourage new people oh look how awesome that is not what's this tuna can with a pelican on it like that's going to annoy and wind up and you know give ammo to the the aos guys to talk about how their scene is nicer and all that rubbish it's easy when you're on round bases and you don't have to go through terrain to, mm. to make nicer posed models I'm not going to argue every model looks awesome on a round base because of how cool you can make it pose but if you yeah. want to rank it up and play a battle game you got to rank it up and play a battle game, and that's why I play rank and flank battle games. That's what I want. You I know, think the I tuna cans uh, hurt the hobby quite a bit, to be honest. I think that was a yeah big yeah, mistake that was, allowing that. Was that. A low, that was a low point, wasn't it? Yeah, that yeah. was something I think we can all regret. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, with, with these these sorts of uh, these sorts of schemes, I think you know drive us in the right direction. And uh, we must remember, you know, that I think we've got the best game system that there is now. Now the game system's settled and balanced, and I think really, really smoking. Um, you know, I think we now need to, as a community, try and push the other elements of it. So you know, kudos to you, Tim, for for getting on board and getting this this going. I think it's uh, I think it's what we need. Oh, thank you. You guys are the ones who are helping put the word out there and you're taking part. And then so long as you guys do your bit, then hopefully we'll get there together. I will do my painting, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> we can always rely on you, Kev, to do your painting, mate. That's, uh, that's never in doubt. That's never in doubt. So, uh, yeah. OK, so um, that's that's kind of that then. So is there anything else anyone else would like to add to the tale of the slow painters? And I've managed to say it correctly without getting it wrong. <laughs> uh, and referring to the tale of the sick gamers or, or whatever it was that used to be in White Dwarf. So I'm pleased myself for that. Bravo. Little self, little tick. And um, anything else on painting or are you happy to move on, chaps? 
happy to move on. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Well, it would be a wasted opportunity indeed. And as an athlete, I value the economy of effort. So I'm certainly not going to waste anything. That And having Tim Botneck, no less, upon the podcast, um, it wouldn't be right if I didn't uh, push him through the three uh, traditional slots that we have now uh, on the podcast. The first one then, Tim, that we'd like to think about here is the Desert, desert Island Ninth Age. Um, you're going to be marooned on a beautiful desert island, uh, but we're going to allow you to take with you one army only that you're going to be allowed to play against Man Friday with. Um, which army would it be? Which army of all the armies you've ever owned would you like to take with you? Why would you like to take it with you? Uh, give, what's the significance of it? Beast herds, mm-hmm. because beast herds. <laughs> but the reasons are, um, when I got into wargaming, I got in because of how high elves looked and felt, and highborn elves for me aren't quite the same as once upon a time when I was a wee little kid getting into the hobby. But as soon as I found beastmen in the olden day. I was hooked to how they are, their physiological difference, the way they play, you know, very Zulu Dawn style. We're going to attack from all angles. But if you look at us, we're going to run away and then someone else will attack. There's just bodies on the table. Um, I'm on my third iteration of a Beastman army. Um, In the early days, I had a, a small Beastman force as part of a bigger Chaos Warrior band that was legal at the time. I had Beastman in my 40K army that was legal at the time. Um, I then did a, a Morker the Skull Cave Master um, Beastman Army when I was in my early 20s that had almost like a, a pine tree forest uh, tree on every model. And in those days, you had skirmished units of Beastmen. So when I deployed best part of 150 models on the table, which was unheard of at the time because everyone just you only, you only attacked in one rank. Um, so you'd kind of pour these models on the table. It looked like a mobile forest. Your opponent yeah. would push out to come and kill you. And then you'd go back to your car and bring out a second caseload of another <laughs> 150 models. That they kind of look at you funny. It's like, yeah, ambush. I don't have to tell you before the game. Here is another 100 dudes. And it just looked incredible. They're all rubbish. Yeah. Looked incredible. <laughs> um, oh, secret lists. I missed that. <laughs> secret lists do you remember those with the you remember with the uh the, the high elves as they were where you could take the the the, the mage that had an ethereal uh item and then also had an item that meant he couldn't be uh injured by um magical weapons so it was <laughs> to all intents and purposes completely invulnerable to everything <laughs> using stop steam tanks and everything it was great fun um yeah so uh I'm going to cast you away then, Tim, onto your desert island with your beast herds. And I have to just say, you know, your beast herd list does look fantastic. You've got that wonderful sort of powdery blue thing going on. How do you you, you have this um, this this um, this sort of blood effect, this sort of gore, isn't it? That's between the claws of the beasts. I've always admired that, but I've never asked you how you did it. So this seems like an opportune moment. Sure, sure. Um, so the, the gore and blood itself. Um... I think I stole this. I want to say Chris Tomlin of the Black Sun podcast um, wow. um, a decade ago. Yeah, good luck. Um, if it wasn't him, then it might have been Ben Curry or someone like that. But I, I stole it off of one of those guys. It's um, a blend of Tamiya Clear Smoke and Tamiya Clear Red. Um, 
from like a hobby craft store or any kind of hobby painting store that they use for like painting model airplanes and stuff. Um, the black is is amazing. The red is horrible on its own. You put some black in it and you get that really dark, slick gore effect that sure. comes out really shiny. So after I've matte varnished all my models, I go back through and do really silly things like gloss the eyes and noses of my beastmen. Um, <laughs> yeah. I am that yeah. sad. No, well, um, a wet nose is a happy animal, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and then the 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 gore comes out, and you just mix it up, and in a little glass glass urn or something, flick it on. I've got toothbrushes to do blood splatter effects with it. Um, I use brushes to kind of pull it across blades, and then when I need to build the gore up, and I think the model that you're talking about was the the Mino Lord that I did for the ETC last year. Yeah. Which was the the current GW Skylar model, but with a completely rebuilt hand in one hand uh, and i had him basically clapping and between the clap was hanging string of gore that's it yeah where yeah. you bring um uhu glue into the mix so you you mix up your red and your black tamia paint you put in a little bit of uhu glue you get two toothpicks and you scratch the crap out of it you've got about six seconds of work before the glue is not going to work anymore and you've got to mix the paint on it pull it out of your little mixing pot get the two stick ends and stretch it between where you need it to be yeah let it touch the ends kind of wrap it around a finger or wrap it around the, the whole half of a, a weapon and then pull the toothpicks away and then it's about another two seconds for it cures enough that it won't droop yeah. once you've got a good connection you're happy with you can then pour more glue and more paint on and thicken it up to make sure it doesn't break um so I've got lots of that between like open mouth jaws on hounds and gorgons and giants. Uh, my my favourite one I did the first one I did was uh, the old Warhammer World giant with the man in his hand, and I've got mm. the the giant is chewing his head. He's got the man in the hand, like he's just pulled it away, having taken a bite. And I've got all the droop and the 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 stuff between those two, the jaw and the the top of this guy's head. And it looks nice, fantastic. Uh, it does look good. So yeah, does anywhere look near it, it will snap. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried the Yoohoo glue on uh, my Lou and Leoncore model, but uh, yeah, it, kind of, it snaps over time and it's just not lasted very long. So maybe I need to try more. That's where I went wrong. Yeah, once you've got a good a good connection between the two, you can kind of mix the Yoohoo glue again and kind of layer it up. Layer it up, and then you hit it with a bit of paint and it locks it. I mean, if anything does chop through the middle, it's going to break. The advantage yeah. is you just pull it off of both ends and start again. Um, and it, it does look amazing. I, I can't say, I can't remember which Ben I stole it off or which, whether I stole it off Chris, but I heard it from somewhere and I tried it out. And it's fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I've always admired that. I, I think the first time I met you was at the, um, uh, the Scottish Championships a couple of years ago. And I, I, I really like looking at your Gore-Tex. So it had quite a lot of them on. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean. The first it, time it, we it met. Was... The first time we met where you were sober enough to remember. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, come on. The classy thing isn't to point out that I'm a raging alcoholic. I, I like to point out, I'd like to, I'd like to say I'm a functioning alcoholic, actually. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's it's important difference there. it's an important difference but uh, okay super so next uh, uh moving swiftly on <laughs> our, uh, our next feature is ancient enemies um now i foisted my opinions onto everyone last week and i received uh zero feedback on that which is lovely but i i got i got it off my chest anyway so if there was anybody in history a living or dead tim that you'd like to play ninth age against who would it be what do you think they would play and how do you think they'd play their army so i've got two answers the first one's kind of a tongue-in-cheek and then i'll give you my my real one so the first one i would love to play sun Tzu in a mirror match so he's using my army i'm using my army we're both playing the same oh the alpha and how he's going to play is what i'm interested in finding out yeah um and i think that would just be incredible it'd be like playing chess against a computer when you know you know how to play chess because yeah you're learning to be honest um so that would be that'd be fun i'd like to watch tim botneck versus sun Tzu. i think that'd be quite good fun that yeah, I'm not sure. The movement phase alone. No combat, no shooting, no magic. Just moving about a board would be incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's um, six, we should probably charge something. Uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, with, without that, I would probably <clears throat> go along the lines of playing um, Steven Spielberg, film director. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he can play whatever he wants. I'd be suggesting something really slow and boring with lots of mod- lots of bodies, like an all goblin army or something. Yeah. Um, and the reason being is because it doesn't really matter what happens in the game. I'm just going to chew his ear about how he needs to do a ninth age movie. <laughs> yeah. Or back in the day, well, it would be like, awesome. hey, you know, could you do Gotrek and Felix the film? Because mm-hmm. this is what we need to be talking about. So something that would take days to play just so I could convince him he needs to make a Warhammer movie or a Ninth Age fantasy game movie. Mm, yeah. Well, mm, that would be that would be interesting. Do you know what? That's actually uh, uh, earlier today. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just going to I'm just going to go for this. Earlier today, I was talking to an old army buddy of mine um, who I was in the in the Queen's Dragoon Guards with. Um, his name was Piers Cavill and his brother is Henry Cavill superman and he's been in the news recently because during lockdown he's been playing quite a lot of 40k and i reckon i would say to Piers, can you get your brother to play ninth age and would he play against me because <laughs> he's obviously gonna win because he's superman <laughs> but wouldn't that be cool if we could get superman playing ninth age oh yeah you'd never yeah. live it do- down though matt if you lost no, oh, I know, but it's, it's, yeah, I've, I've lost to lesser men than Superman. <laughs> I mean, what you what you want to get like? I can't remember who it is on the scene that works in like London film agencies, or they have a partner that works with like London celebrity agencies yeah. doing something. But you want to get hold and put the put the feelers out, and we can have like a UK event for all of these amazing Hollywood film stars. Yeah. to come and play because like vin diesel back in the day was was kind of seen going to to tournaments in the u.s before you know he yeah. picked up massively as a super actor and stuff but you hear about he's like, a big D nerd vin diesel yeah, he is. He is yeah. Yeah. Hel- yeah. helen mirren and stuff like that like they all they all do these things to kill time when they're on movie sets it's like actually if you could get all these guys at a warhammer event it could be amazing can you imagine um, if you got sort of Orlando Bloom to play Vin Diesel? You know, and Orlando Bloom's like with Sylvans and Vin, Vin Diesel's on, <laughs> on sort of ogres. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah that'd be really cool. Yeah. Well, 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 that's a really interesting one. Steven Spielberg, I don't think I've ever thought of that before. So, uh, 
Uh, now, Kev, you reminded me of this earlier. Do you want to ask uh, Tim about what you reminded me about? Cause, oh, uh, yes. Go for Tim, it. if you were, you know, in the Ninth Age universe, what do you think you would be? So this one's a, an easy one because I've, I've thought about this far more than I probably should have done. Um, I would probably like to be a Grey Watcher champion. Oh, yeah, how cool is that? And yeah. the reason for that would be... I want to be involved in the battle. I want to be, you know, supporting my mates and, and helping the battle plans come together and achieving the objectives. But I want to be harassing my opponents and killing them off. I want to be moving around and causing shenanigans. But I also don't want to die. So the only thing <laughs> yeah. fight a war machine crew. I'm going to sit in the woods where no one can shoot me. I'm going to live forever because I'm an elf. Um, but I want to be slightly more important than a random dude. So I'd be the champion. But, you know, if, if any big scary characters come along you're allowed to flee that's you know that's a respectable thing to do so yeah you only pick the fights you can win and uh, i just think that would be me because i don't want to die but i want to do all the cool stuff you want to yeah. do lots of dancing around uh looking really cool looking elegant in your at your oval cloak but at the same time you want to make it to the end of the day yeah i, yeah. I, can, I can see i can see how that works yeah i can see how that works no one's ever going to want to be a great eagle are they no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, there ain't no chaff like flying chaff, but all chaff ends up dead. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. Well, that's really interesting. Um, uh, we haven't uh, talked about what armies we're painting or what we're oh, going to yeah, paint. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay, so uh, I'll be painting my beast hairs, unsurprisingly. I think uh, for the first 400 points, I'm looking at a unit of Wildhorn. Mm-hmm. More to experiment with you know what kind of colors i'm going to use i'm thinking of going for sort of a yellow and blue combination so sort of a yellowy brown skin with okay. uh, blue highlights and you know on the cloths and stuff cool. so that's the plan on a forest sort of base because they're beast herds so i need a forest base definitely yeah. not ice or any water effects i'm not doing any water effects no, I, I think you've had enough of that haven't you i have absolutely yeah. i'm staying yeah. well away from that <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to be doing a, a, an all-mounted warriors list uh, and um, I, and using some of the raging hero stuff that I've got on order. So um, I'm going to be looking at putting together some uh, some some Feldrax to start with. Um, now, obviously, raging heroes and Feldrax don't necessarily go together, so obviously I'm going to be using a bit of license for it. But I think it's going to be really quite exciting, and I'm going to be using a rocky-based theme, and I'm going to be trying to replicate some night effects. So that's uh, that's where I'm going for there, and uh, um, that with the aforementioned uh, fog machine, um, dry ice or, or mist maker or whatever it is I can get to work. That's uh, it's actually something I'm really quite excited about. So that's that that's me. What about you, Tim? Uh, so ignore what I said in the group chat earlier. Um, I'm going to do some highborn elves, uh, oh, okay. style. So I I backed Titanforge dragon empire or whatever it was called a couple of years ago um and sat them in a shoebox when they eventually arrived and now it's time um i looking through the list of the seven guys we've got five of the projects other people have already picked i was going to do so i'm down to like option six um, <laughs> yeah but uh, to kind of for something different for me i'm going to try and use painting with brighter colors that i don't usually tends to do and i'm okay. gonna try and stick away from 3d basing because i love me right. styled basing and i need to try and do something where the paint does all the work and it's not my modeling so uh, we're going to try and do cathayan uh, oriental styled highborn elves and i'm going to probably click off 
with a nice big brick of spearmen and possibly a wizard. Um, and then month two, I'll pick up with some some archers and chariots and stuff. So I just want to try and balance my 400 points each each time. And I think if I have to do 21 spearmen, I don't want to do another core unit alongside that. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna pick a character nice and early and uh, grow it from there. Is this the samurai models like the Japanese dragon? Yeah. Yeah, I know the army. It's lovely. It's lovely looking models. Them really yeah, nice. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Mm. Well, exciting times. Yeah. Uh, times as well, no doubt. There'll be a uh, mind you. It's uh, it's a good time because we're all spending less at the moment. Um, I'm um, I'm certainly spending a lot less on. Well, I mean, I'm saving a bunch on petrol at the moment, so which is good for a lot of reasons. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna spunk it right over plastic crack. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the way i roll um there we go okay so uh anything to add for anything else then chaps before i uh move on to what's coming up next for the podcast all good for me i'm fine super right well in that case um that's that that's super thanks very much tim for coming on um always great thank to you have, tim uh, yeah to have <laughs> no, honored to be part of it thank you guys much appreciated well, well the honor is is uh reciprocated because um uh, I think Kev and I have both been quite surprised about how well this has uh, been received. Uh, we're getting sort of players of, of, of calibre of yourself and Craig on. Um, uh, it, it's been fantastic. And Maybe uh, it just goes uh, to show people are that bored. Yeah, I know. Well, it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> lockdown, isn't it? And look what happens, you know. <laughs> Here's Brett from getting Superman on earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Uh, anyway, so looking forward, um, there's a couple of, th- of, of announcements then that I've got. Uh, firstly, is that, that Kevin and I are going to be back recording on Monday, where we're going to be talking to Scotland's poshest va- vampire counts, va- vampire covenant. I've done it, haven't I? There I go, fired uh, vampire <laughs> covenant player. That's uh, Andrew Lind, soon to be Dr. Andrew Lind. He's going to be coming on to talk to us about uh, all things VC related, um, being uh, one of the Scotland stalwarts from last year and also uh, on the authority on the deadheads. Um, we will be looking forward to seeing what he's got to do uh, with that. And of course, um, he, not only is he uh, an aficionado on the vampires, but also uh, he is the stalwart with him and Paul on Mad Git Radio which uh, is, is one of my personal favourite list, uh, listens. So looking forward to, to seeing that. So keep your ears open for episode five. Now, the second thing that I'd like to announce is that I, uh, dear listener, have been elected from a committee of persons to be one of the committee members uh, taken from the community of Ninth Age that will be overseeing and helping to organise the Masters tournament on the UK scene uh, next January. We think it will be January anyway. So uh, at this point, if anyone's got any uh, anything they'd like me to raise uh, at that at that that level, uh, if there's anything you'd like the Masters to be involved with, if there's anything you'd like to see in the open, if there's anything you'd like uh, the the community to have a say in because very often this is seen as being an elite event that only 16 players are invited to well now's your chance uh there's me will goodwin and tom parker as the community representatives and i'm sure we'd all like to hear from you certainly i'm on uh the forum at maddie p and i'm on twitter matt underscore peris two r's two s's please um please feel free to let me know what you'd like the Masters to look like. You know, if you'd like us to bin the uh, swap armies in round three and for everyone to have a bare knuckle fist fight, um, then I can consider that. I'm not saying that it will get approved, but you never know. 
By the way, who do you think you'd win a, a bare knuckle fist fight in the Masters from last year? Oh, Fraz was at the open event, wasn't he? Otherwise, he'd be my yeah. John John Turner. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's Taekwondo specialist, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Warren's in decent shape. I reckon he wouldn't. He he, he yeah. probably yeah, yeah. I, I I think they might. Tim, I'd back you as well, mate. I think you're. Uh, were you more of a lover than a fighter? <laughs> have you been drinking, Matt? That's outrageous. You've compared me to Kate Johnson, which is amazing. You've compared me to you guys from painting, which is amazing. And now you back me in a fight. <laughs> yeah, can we borrow 50 quid, mate? <laughs> Tim, just wait for the others to get really pissed, and then, you know, you're, you're game. Oh, you'll be sorted. Then should be a drinking round. I'll clean up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's drinking> <laughs> yeah. Well, so tempted, yeah. Matt. That'd be great. Do a drinking round. Oh, that would be quite funny, wouldn't it? Yeah. Who do you think? Uh, who do you think would be the best drinker out of the Masters from last year? Because there's there's a few guys in there who who I don't think are who are serious drinkers. So it'd be quite fun actually, wouldn't it? To to watch them try and like do six or seven Jaeger bombs on a row and then then uh, then measure out a charge. <laughs> you can do like a surprise game four at four a.m. You know, yeah. they've all been hitting it hard Saturday night. And they're like, right, game four now, do it. See Drag how they about into the streets of Stockport, <laughs> make them fight in the road. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you got any uh, if you got any sensible suggestions along those sorts of lines, then please let me know, and I'll take them to the committee who will turn them down. But if you've got anything that's uh, that's actually sensible as well, please let me know because we do want the community to be involved in this going forward. So it just uh, leaves me with um, the last opportunity to say as the uh, storm clouds dissipate over the UK's longest mountain range and staring out over Kinder Scouts, that horse that ran away last week, it took me 96 minutes to catch it, the bastard. And uh, I'm glad to say it's back where it should be, which is exactly where I'm going to be, which is downstairs and into the fridge and into a cold tin of Bud Light. Um, so thanks very much to Tim, the Enchanter, and Master of Shenanigans, and a blitzing linebacker that he is. Always a pleasure to have you on board, mate. And thanks again to my co-host, Kev. Always a pleasure, buddy. Keep saving the world. Thanks very <laughs> Thank much, you. everyone. Why don't you Thank just you say cheerio? Thanks very much, Matt. Uh, been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on, Tim. It's been awesome. Thank you. Welcome. Okay, keep your eyes open then uh, on the forums for the tale of the slow painters. I got it right again. Mm. And thanks very much for listening, everyone. We'll catch you for episode five later in the week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.